Hey guys, I want to thank you so much for joining in and listening to another one of our Wednesday devotionals. I'm excited to be talking a little bit more with you about worship and forms of worship. I know last one we talked about was worshiping in spirit and in truth. And today I'm going to kind of talk about how worship is a form of communion with God and it's prayer. You know, that's that's also part of worshiping God is when we come together and fellowship with him. It's entering into his presence. It's coming before the throne room. It's staying and bowing down at his footstool. All of these are forms of worship. It's coming more intimately into the presence of God. And part of that intimacy revolves around having fellowship and revolves around having communion with the Lord. See, we understand that when we're born again, when we become saved, we're giving our life to Christ. We enter into a relationship with him. You know, it's not just religion. It's not just a ritual. It's, it's not, you know, all these kind of things. It's a living relationship with God, with our goal to spend time with him, to understand him, to get to know him more and more, to know who he is, to make it our goal to be with him when we come into worship. You know, when in any church service or when you enter into worship at home, make it your goal. I'm coming in to be and experience the presence of God, to be with God and to experience his, his presence, to commune in fellowship with him. You know, communion and fellowship with God is us having fellowship with him. It's when we pour out our love to him. We pour out our desires to be with him. We pour out our desire to want to stay with him, to rest in his presence, to, to, to feel him with us. And he'll respond by feeling us, resting on us, covering us with his presence, his love and his glory. That's his response. When we cry out to him, when we worship him. He wants to respond to us. He'll come to us. He'll rest with us. He'll cover us. He'll protect us. You know, he overwhelms us with his presence and with his goodness and with his love. It's us pouring our love out to God and God's response by pouring his love out to us. That's the form of communion and fellowship with him. You know, Revelations 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in with him and eat with him and he with me. So he's saying, if you come and you look for me, you know, if you open the doors and you respond and you make room for me, that he'll come in, he'll commune with us, he'll fellowship with us, he'll fill us. Because that's what he wants to do, because he's a good God. He's a God who loves us. You know, when it comes into worship too, you know, we've got to talk about how there's, there's a scripture that kind of talks a little bit about communion, you know, having fellowship with the Lord. And another form of that, which he, he taught the Israelites and all of them, was with the breaking of the bread. You know, when he broke the bread to represent his body and the, the wine, when they, when they drink the, the wine to represent his blood. And we have this in scripture when he talks about it, kind of explaining the importance of it as a form of communion to God you know, our fellowship with God. And he says, the cup of blessing that we bless is not a participation in the blood of, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? So when we go into worship God, we're participating with Jesus. We're, we're fellowshipping with him, with what he's done for us, for the sacrifice. All of that stuff makes us able so we can come into the presence of God. He says, because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. And this is something that's also important when it comes to worship with communion with God is understanding that when we come together to worship, like on a church service, 
during church service or on a Sunday morning, the importance of having unity in worship. So we're not coming in mad at our brothers, not coming in frustrated at somebody else, you know, beside us or anything like that, or bearing a grudge towards our neighbor or, you know, coming in, oh, somebody didn't shake my hand this morning and getting all bent out of shape. Or maybe somebody took your normal Sunday morning seat because it's their first time there. And you're like, well, I can't sit in my normal spot, so I won't be able to worship as good today. You know, don't, don't, don't let grudge, don't let bitterness, don't let anger come in and stop you from entering into the presence of God or having fellowship with the Lord. You know, we've got to have unity. You've got to have unity in the body and unity in worship. Just, just as he said, he said, because there's only one bread and we who are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. We're all one body and we're all partaking of the same bread, which is Jesus. We're all coming in to commune with Jesus, to fellowship with Jesus, to be in his presence. So we've got to have that unity with us within ourselves, unity with the people around you. So you don't allow that to distract you. So you don't allow that to pull you out of fellowship with the Lord. So we've got to have the unity. Another important thing is when he's talking to them, he says, why do imply then that food offered to idols is anything or that an idol is anything? He says, no, I imply that what pagan sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall I provoke the Lord to jealousy or are we stronger than he? So what's he saying? He's saying, don't, don't bring in you know, desires of the world to the table of the Lord. So when we're coming in to worship God. When we're coming in to praise him. You know, we don't need to come in carrying the desires of the world, you know, thinking about things, you know, other things, thinking about, you know, sin, even some people thinking about sinful things. You know, you're in there thinking about, you know, getting mad at your brother, like I said earlier, having bitterness or, you know, thinking about, you know, any, anything, any, any kind of pleasure of the world, anything else but focused on God. So when we come into worship, we got to make sure when we come into commune and fellowship with God. We're not, oh, I'm coming in here, but I really don't want to be here. I'm thinking about going out and doing this or, you know, trying to bring your own, your own issues, your own junk, all of that kind of stuff into the fellowship with the Lord. Don't do that. You know, if you need to give it to God, give it to God. Say, hey, God, this is something that's on my heart. You know, I need to I need to forgive this person. I need change in this area. I need help in this area. So I'm giving it to you so that I can lay it down and I can come into your presence. You know, that's how we want to do it. You don't want to come in and 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 just be grumbling, griping, complaining. Well, I wish I wasn't here today. I would rather be home watching NFL on the TV or, you know, sitting there like, oh, I'm so mad at sister so-and-so because she did this and this to me this week and I just don't want to be around her today. And that's like all you're thinking of and you're complaining and griping and, you know, taking it to the communion with God. Don't do that. You know, don't do that. Come to God with the right heart motivation. Come to God because you want to be with him. Come to God to fellowship and commune with him. You know, so don't take the desires of the world to the table of the Lord. Don't take the desires of the world into worship and into the presence of God. You know, focus only on God. Be there only for God. Be there only to be with him, to experience his presence and to feel his love being poured out upon you as you give your love to him. That's the whole main point of having communion and fellowship with God when it comes to worship. Another thing is that worship is a form of prayer. You know, we go, it's actually the highest form of prayer. 
You know, Psalms 141, one through two, it says, Lord, I cry unto you, make haste to me, give ear to my voice. For when I cry unto you, let my prayer be set before you as incense and as a lifting up of my hands as an evening sacrifice. So when we come to Lord, it's pleasing to the God. You know, he, he explained it as incense. You know, in the Old, Old Testament, under the covenant, they would light incense at the altar of incense inside the tabernacle. And this incense was a sweet aroma that was pleasing to the Lord. It smelt nice. It would fill the whole atmosphere, fill the whole room. You know, this beautiful, pleasing aroma, which was incense. And that incense represents prayer. So we come into worship and we're worshiping God and we're lifting our voices to him to praise, you know, to glorify his name, glorify who he is, tell him how holy he is. That becomes a sweet incense to him. It smells sweet. It's something that brings him in. It makes him want to dwell with us, to want to stay with us because it's sweet to him. And we've got to make sure that we're very careful, you know, when we, when we get into that because the Bible in Exodus explains about not burning strange incense on the altar before God. You know, not bringing in strange scents, not bringing in strange smells or things that don't belong there. You know, and, and these things can be, you know, as I talked about earlier, griping, you know, bringing in the desires of the world, you know, all that kind of stuff into the praise. It can also be praising God or worshiping, sorry, worshiping God in methods that weren't meant to be worshiped in. You know, I know a lot of things I see sometimes in, in more newer churches, especially is when it comes to worship. You know, you'll see people up here doing painting on, on the stage or off to the side or whatever. And painting is not a form of worship. That's a strange instance being offered on the altar. It's not worship. You can't find it anywhere in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible does it talk about painting as a form of worship to God. It talks about singing. It talks about playing instruments. It talks about bowing, kneeling, praying. All of those are forms of worship, but it does not talk about painting. It's not a form of worship to the Lord. You know, you can do things, you know, like the Bible tells us, do all things as if you're doing it unto the Lord, you know, to bless people or to help people or whatever. If you want to paint a picture to, to encourage somebody or, you know, to, to put a Bible verse on there or something to help them, help them stand and believe in faith or to remember something that's really important to them that the Lord had done or freed them from or whatever, like that's great. You know, you can still use your gift to bless people, to help people, but it's not to be used for worship. That's not what it's meant for. You know, another thing that people try to do when it comes to worship is they'll have lots of flag waving. Flag waving is not a part of worship. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it say we worship God by waving flags. It's just not there. And, you know, maybe I'm stepping on some people's toes with this broadcast today talking about these kinds of things. But it's important that we understand, as, as I talked about in the previous broadcast, have that reverence, that reverence for the presence of God, that reverence for his holiness and to understand that God is holy. And I'm not going to try to bring my own methods, my own flesh, my own emotions into the holiness of God. But in fact, I need to change maybe how I do things, maybe how I approach things, maybe how I think about things so that when I come into the presence of God, it is pure and I can, I can experience his fullness and I can have true intimacy with him without anything blocking it, without anything hindering it or, you know, having, causing him to pull back because we're trying to do it out of our own emotionalism, out of our own selfish desires, out of our own flesh, because, 
because of whatever reasons, you know, and to say, no, if this is what I need to lay down, I'll lay this down and I'll come to you, Lord, how you taught us and how you showed us in your word, because that's how he wants us to come to him. So we've got to make sure we do it appropriate, you know, have or have proper expression when it comes to worship. So when we when we come into worship, when we have that prayer, when we have that time of intimacy with him, we've got to make sure that we don't bring strange things into worship, put strange things on the altar before God. We don't want to do that because we want to make sure we can enter into his presence, enter into it fully and completely without causing him to draw back, without forming distractions, without just doing our own thing. You know, you can't just do your own thing however you want to and approach God. He lays out instructions in his word because he loves us and because he wants to be with us. And he says, this is how you can come and be with me. You know, so we can do that. So we can come and experience his goodness. We can come and experience his presence and all that he is. So again, thank you guys so much for listening to these, these podcasts. I really hope they've been a blessing to you. I really hope they help you understand the difference between praise and worship, how we can praise God, how we can worship God, so you can understand how to approach God and how to experience His presence to the fullest when it comes to praise and when it comes to worship. Again, thank you so much for listening today, and God bless you.